0: This is the Stomp Around Monster podcast.
1: Hello, everybody! Welcome to the Stomp Around Monster podcast. I'm Colin, and I'm Zach, and today we're talking about Godzilla versus the Sea Monster,
0: also known as Ibra Horror of the Deep. I don't know; it's interchangeable. I think the new, I think the international title is. Ibrehor the deep. It's one of those things like Godzilla versus Monster Zero.
1: Yeah, I kind of just generally I'll uh, what I'll do is whenever I do the intro, I'll just say whatever the the prominent cut name is or the the English cut.
0: Yeah, I mean, I because I like with Monster Zero, I grew up with it being Monster Zero and not invasive of Astro Monster. What the hell is Astro Monster? Who is like what is that? Anyway, enough about a good movie let's talk about Ebra
1: oh my god yeah so uh, like I was telling you before we started recording like I I and it, I remember this movie just being kind of okay watching it as a kid and and for the past you know a little while we've been doing this show any of the movies that we've watched I have remembered not liking that much and enjoyed them more like upon you know a more recent fresh viewing. But this one, oh my god, I just had such a hard time sitting through it. Yeah,
0: I, I gotta say, it's a very slow and, I don't know, it's kind of boring. Kind, It's, it's kind of boring to watch the island arc, the island adventure of a bunch of random guys stranded on an island, I mean, and then Godzilla's taking a nap in a cave across the street.
1: Yeah and I mean it's it's like that for these next three movies although I will say uh you know the, the, we're getting a little ahead here but the one that comes after this is uh Son of Godzilla it's better as and uh you know I don't really even know if I want to say that this movie is better than uh uh Godzilla's Revenge
0: Ooh I I would say that I think this is better than Godzilla mm, I think it's better than Godzilla's Revenge that that that's just me um cuz here's the thing with with ibra for me is that it wasn't it, it's not like it's a a uh, an offensively bad movie it's just a dull movie it seems like half the time right
1: yeah i, w- I would say so it just it doesn't have a lot of character to it
0: it doesn't Th- you don't you don't really get to know the cast at all the, the characters are just don't have any background to them. You, there's, there's no development there between anybody. Everyone just kind of shows up, does their thing, and leaves. And you're, you're just kind of left there saying, okay, I, I guess this is it. Um, and it's a shame because you've got a, an alright cast here. We've got Akira Takarada in his last role in the Showa era, at least. As Yoshimura, Yoshimura the 90, he's not a bank robber. He didn't rob a bank. He robbed a pachinko parlor. Noted. I could have sworn
1: he was a bank robber.
0: I think they say he's a bank robber, but the news report says he robbed the pachinko place for 3 million yen. I've never done a pachinko. I've never been to a pachinko place. so I don't know how much money they rake in. I don't oh. know if that's a, a sound figure or not. 3 million. I don't know. You guys let us know in the comments below. That don't exist. <laughs> if three million is a good estimate for, for Pachinko robbing. Yeah, the Pachinko robbing, ship-stealing guy.
1: But yeah, there's just so many problems with this movie. And we'll, we'll get into it. But first, we'll run through a little bit of information, a little bit of background about this movie. Uh, this movie uh, was released on December 17th, 1966 in Japan and uh, was released direct to TV in uh, 1968 here in the States. Uh, it was directed by Jun Fukuda, produced by Tomi Yuki Tanaka, and written by Sunichi Sekizawa, and composed by Masaru Sato. The movie also has a runtime of 87 minutes in the Japanese cut and 82 minutes in the, Uni- the US English version. Um, which I think and we discussed this essentially that five minute difference there is essentially the intros being different
0: more or less. I mean, there's, there's small incremental cuts, but the biggest thing is the opening sequence is, is cut like entirely. And uh like the, the first scene is, is out of there as well, which makes this movie much harder to
1: follow in the U S cut. If it wasn't already hard enough. Yeah. Surprise, surprise. Um, but and this movie has a little bit of a strange history behind it as well which it, i think it does make the tone of the movie feel a little bit uh a little bit different a little bit clumsy because initially this movie was slated to be a king kong movie yeah it was and it
0: was that way for a, a long while in production for some reason however uh toho was was going along with Rockin bass is that the name of that company I can't remember where did it go. Uh, right, it's rack and fast because they they did the King Kong TV show though, which I don't know if that was a popular show at the time. I that I, I couldn't tell you, I wasn't around. But they were upset. I don't know if they held the rights to King Kong or they were a, a middleman in this King Kong deal that Toho had. Why they were in? Why they were being consulted with? I don't really know. But they didn't like the plot. They didn't like the story, of. Ibrah Horror of the Deep. What, what would become Ebra Horror of the Deep? And so because it didn't follow the TV show enough, which is strange. And so they said, like, no, we don't want we don't want any part of this. So they changed King Kong out for Godzilla about halfway through and didn't change much of the, if any, of the script. Uh, at the time though, Mothra was in the movie when it was a King Kong movie. So they didn't add Mothra in last minute. As haphazard as that may seem although i do think that the giant condor that later shows up might be a reference to a giant bird a giant condor i think specifically that king kong fought in the the cartoon i don't think it's not a one-to-one thing but that might be a a carryover from that
1: and there is a little bit of carryover in the movie that would point to this initially being a king kong movie instead whether it be you know godzilla's mannerisms or the, uh, the manner in which he's woken up in the cave when we get to that scene. But there, there are things in this movie that don't really make sense as it being Godzilla. You know, like that. Or his uh infatuation with humans that he's never had before. Or since. Yeah. But, uh... Yeah, so this was initially supposed to be a King Kong movie. And Rankin-Bass didn't like it. So Toho picked it up.
0: Yeah. So they they ran with it. Did we say the special effects director?
1: No, we didn't talk about that or the fact that Jim Fuka does. Okay. Doing this so, instead.
0: I guess I'll go over him first. So, uh, Sadamasa Arikawa is the special effects director on on this movie. Uh, he had worked under Eiji Raya for years and had been running with him pretty much since day one. You know, he worked on Godzilla and more or less every other movie leading up to this one. So, this is his... Special effects directorial debut, and I think the special effects are pretty good, by and large. Um, and he would go on to do other movies going down the line, as you'll see, in our next few episodes. And then, of course, stepping up to the director's chair is June Fukuda, who, for me, is kind of hit or miss. He's got some good ones under his belt, uh, and he's got some ones that are, aren't quite as good. And I think this falls into that latter category. He was most notable for doing uh, the, the popular Young Guy series and Kanto 55, but uh, Ashiro Hondo was tied up doing other movies at the time, and so Toho put Jun Fukuda in instead. Uh, he did. He was a assistant director on Rodan, so he had a little bit of... Uh, knowledge of monsters and, and had some work with special effects stuff beforehand and worked with uh, a shiro honda to some extent and also again why we got Mas sata doing the score as opposed to uh akira fuka base because he wanted to be different from Ashiro honda and i i think that's fine and i think it works but it definitely shows you know it's it's not one of his movies you make you make sure to know that it's not
1: Is there anything else we needed to go over that we're missing here
0: I don't think so. We we talked about some of the newcomers to the uh to this thing and some of the little tidbits beforehand. Oh, I guess we could say that this I I, I, said, I said it earlier about this being a uh, Akira TakaRada's last movie in the showa era. Uh, also the last time that him and uh Akihito Harada would uh, was star together, I believe, at least in the Godzilla series.
1: Yeah, yeah, so uh, quite an interesting background uh, to this film. You know, that doesn't necessarily make it a good film. But uh, we'll, we'll just go ahead and jump right into the plot here. Um, so at least in the cut that we watched, we start out with a woman who is talking to a psychic or a shaman of some sort. Uh, and she's looking for her son, Yoda, who was lost uh, at sea on a ship. And she's trying to find out if he's still alive. And uh, meanwhile, his brother, Ryota, is at a dance competition. No, wait, he's talking to the police first, trying to get the police to help him locate his brother. Um, And if you watch the English cut of this film, you get absolutely none of that information.
0: No, you just see a random guy at a dance club trying to get a boat. So here at least there's a little more context as to what's going on, but it still doesn't make much sense. Yeah, not surprisingly, he gets turned away from the police saying, no, we can't search the entire Pacific Ocean for your brother, who I think at this point was like months gone. Like it wasn't like a a right away thing.
1: Yeah, he had been gone for a while.
0: Yeah, but random psychics say he's still alive, so he's
1: got to still be alive, of course. And uh, so his ridiculous scheme to fi- help find his brother is that he's going to go to this dance competition that he showed up for two days late and try to win a boat in this dance competition uh, to search for his brother. But he doesn't win. He can't get there. And he meets two random guys there um, that are going to uh, help him steal a boat.
0: Yeah. Nita and Ichino, who I I really don't remember their names. I had to look it up because they don't say their names like at all.
1: I had and my fingers crossed that you remembered their names because I sure as hell didn't.
0: I didn't. They don't say anyone's name in this movie like at all. And they they just don't feel that important. But yeah, two random guys dancing at the club trying to win. They fall out after dancing for three days. Apparently. How? Why? I don't know. They gotta they gotta win the yacht. So they decide to humor our our plucky hero here, uh, Ryoto, and, and go to show him boats down at the pier. Ryota, sorry, Ryota, down at the pier. And then decides to just hop on one of them because it's the middle of the night, and why not go get, take a closer look?
1: Yeah, and so they, they go to the docks where they just immediately board some random-ass boat and uh, Ryota is just going to steal this boat where, of course, there is a burglar on board. Well, they don't know he's a burglar at that point, I don't think. But uh, No, they don't. He's already stolen the boat.
0: Yeah, but he agrees that they can they can stay the night on the boat. I don't even know why, but they, they can stay the night if they want, but they have to leave by the morning. While everyone's asleep, Ryota decides it's a great idea to set sail and off they go and into the ocean to go find his brother.
1: Which, and I know like social norms change and things, but I I don't know if at any point in time it's ever been common to meet three random ass people and just all spend the night together.
0: Yeah, on this boat. On a boat,
1: nonetheless.
0: While well, you've got your loot from the pachinko parlor you just robbed,
1: and then, okay. I think they do say he's a bank robber over the radio, like we were talking about. But yeah, it says in the news headline on the the paper, pachinko parlor, pachinko. Yeah. So yeah, drop in our non-existent comment section if that's a reasonable uh, three million yen. Three, I think it said three million yen at the if that's pachinko. That's a reasonable parlor. amount for a pachinko parlor to have.
0: Yeah. So. Our, everyone else wakes up in the morning to find that they're in the middle of the ocean and that no one else on the boat, including Yoshi, Yoshimura Akira Takarada who I'm going to refer to as Akira Takarada for the rest of this video or in, uh, episode because I'm not going to remember his character's name. It's Akira okay? Maybe
1: if they'd have said it like four or five times and like really pounded it into my head, I would... But they didn't. I, would, I might even care, but, you know, I, I don't.
0: I don't. Yeah. Right. Akira Takarata's character, the bank robber, decides, or Pachinko robber, one, stole this boat, but two, doesn't know how to sail. No one else knows how to sail except for Ryota, so they all just go along with his, his plot, his scheme, to go find his brother and aimlessly search the ocean. He has no direction, no heading, they're just looking.
1: And, uh, of course, like all good movies where they steal a boat, uh, there's a giant storm. And they are uh, they run into uh, a giant claw in the middle of the ocean that cuts the boat in half.
0: Yeah. And that, that scene's actually pretty good. When, when Ibra first kind of shows up and, and takes out the boat, it's kind of cool. Look at the, the storm's going on. The giant claw comes out the water. It's it's kind of a cool scene. Yeah, you know? like
1: the, the storm scenes are done well and you know, like I said this movie doesn't necessarily have bad special effects or at least until we get to the ping pong scene where they're just battering rocks back and forth, but that's a little later on.
0: Yeah. Oh, we didn't we didn't forget uh we forgot about the fake gun that Akira Takarada used to to rob the the pachinko parlor there. Yoshimura
1: Oh yeah, it broke when I picked it. It broke.
0: Up. Yeah, so at when the ship is is taken out by Ibra, he also loses his uh his three million yen in the suitcase. It's all all gone. But he's kind of a weird character too because he just blows it off. Usually in these types of movies, when they got like a a greedy kind of robber guy or whatever, usually like that's all they care about, right? Is the money. Here he like blows it off. He's like eh, no use on this island, so I don't care interesting
1: i don't think they were going for for a plot that deep and character development that instrumental to the story here no so but they yeah, all they, uh... oh, i'm sorry go ahead oh no yeah you you, you you take okay it. i all don't right. want it <laughs> <laughs> yeah from this point forward they all conveniently wash up on shore right next to each other and climb up a mountain face uh to find that the island is indeed inhabited. Uh, they see a ship sailing off the off the coast and uh, try to fly it down, but that's when they realize that there is a military installation of some sort on this island, and it is the infamous Red Bamboo... Hold. What the fuck are these people called? The Red Bamboo Army. Yeah, the Red Bamboo. Yeah, uh, this is another just completely out of left field thing in this movie that we both were like, what the fuck is this about? But yeah, the the red bamboo army have have taken over this Island and they're spraying this yellow liquid into the ocean to keep Ebra at bay or control him. I don't really know how you control a giant shrimp with a, with red, with a, a yellow liquid.
0: I I think it just wards him off like he don't like it so he just stays away from the from the yellow whatever it is uh, the yellow spray yeah so there's terrorists on the island because
1: yeah and they have also kidnapped a lot of the inhabitants of nearby infant island because again this is just that weird archipelago of islands that don't exist because what is the name of this island? This is called, I'm pretty sure they said it's Devil Island. Devil Island. I couldn't remember. I knew it was something ridiculous, but, like, yeah. Yeah. But they've also uh, kidnapped the, the inhabitants of uh, Infant Island and are forcing them to help make this yellow stuff to help ward off Ebra. And, it looks uh Looks like
0: they're squeezing lemons it, in there.
1: It does, because isn't there like a scene where they're turning like a big, like like a, a grinding stone thing? Giant grinding
0: stone thing, yeah. And at first, I'm thinking, oh, here we go again. More juice. We're, we're back to the juice, right? Just when we thought it was gone. But no, they're making, it's still kind
1: of juice. <laughs> it's like, I, whenever I was writing down the show notes, where are my notes? I only wrote down a couple of notes, but I wrote down, here it is, forcing natives to make shrimp piss. <laughs> pretty much and as, as
0: the inhabitants there the, are getting littered off the boat a few of them try to make a uh, a run for it and get gunned down and or eaten by ebra who... which is
1: also strange I, I think that's the only monster that has eaten somebody in the in the Godzilla franchise up to this point because I know yeah like, uh, uh doesn't Barragon eat people in I think Baragon
0: brain. does I think Varan does, but they weren't in the series yet and that those those scenes in particular that stuff's not shown in the in the movies in the Godzilla movies at least here in this this little series uh no so it's the first Godzilla monster to to eat a person and it's a shrimp. I don't yeah. know why they they did it to make him seem a little more intimidating because a, a giant shrimp monster isn't very intimidating. Uh, and he has no special powers
1: either. He's just a big shrimp or lobster or whatever the fuck
0: you. Big supposed big be. crustacean kind of. I mean, the name Abra definitely evokes shrimp, Ebby. um, but it's it's not just a shrimp. If you look at him, he's got, he's kind of like a shrimp. He's he's kind of like a mo- like a lobster kind of a, I don't I don't know thing crustacean thing
1: yeah because he has characteristics of several different crustacean because he has like a lobster tail a shrimp body and you know how he has one large claw and one small claw like a crab so i think that's kind of what they were going for
0: yeah it looks cool i mean it,
1: it is it's
0: a cool looking cool looking monster you know uh i just think Coming from like the last movie where where the earth was threatened by King Ghidorah, Ibra's um not not exactly a threatening foe comparatively. It's hard to it's hard to follow that up. What is the girl's name? Dio. Yeah, Dio okay. happens to escape their uh the red bamboo's evil clutches and joins our, our plucky group because they say they're friends.
1: Oh yeah, there's that. Again, it's just some of the most cringeworthy dialogue on the planet. Where they're like, "We friends, we're friends." Like they're trying to talk to her, like she doesn't speak English,
0: and she's like, "Oh, I." She's like, "Oh, I speak perfect Japanese." And I'm like, "Oh, all right." And so now, now the plot revolves around them trying to free, free the infant islanders from the red bamboo. But while they're trying to hide from, the red bamboo chasing them because they all get seen. We all hide in a cave, and there lies Godzilla taking a nap in a cave.
1: And I think this is some more carryover from this originally being a King Kong movie, or at least the first like instance of it that I remember. Definitely, he gets awoken after they make a lightning rod to strike Godzilla and wake him up.
0: Yeah, with the, the sword that they found just lying on the on the cliff top when they were climbing up. There's just a sword there. Which apparently came from Infinite Island, but no one from Infinite Islands ever had a sword. They have like yeah, spears they... mount like a sword. So I don't know. Okay. Sword Yeah, and
1: then he, he thought there were cannibals on the island. That's what it yeah, was. Yeah,
0: he kept saying there were cannibals and I'm like, where's this coming from? This is sword. What does that mean they're cannibals? I don't know, man. That guy needs to get it through his head like, you know. Not all islanders are cannibals. Jesus, dude. Nita. If that's your name. Because I don't remember, (laughs) they're kind of the same. Uh, and so they they decide to sneak into the base as a bush, and it works. It like I I don't know if they're trying to be serious with it or not, but it's just a funny scene. It just doesn't make any sense. They're just sneaking in with like a. It's just some like leaves, some some branches kind of weave together just slowly crawling up to the, the base so they sneak into the base Yoshimura is also the master of lock picking because he makes a skeleton key out of like a piece of metal or something on the on the on the boat right over and is able just to lockpick into this giant gate why it's got a little keyhole on it I don't know but it does in the interest so they, of forwarding the plot, it has a lock hole. It has a lock pick. So they, they sneak into the base, they they stealth all the way in, right? And then of course they find a vault. So we've got to break into the vault. So Yoshimura's over there cracking the safe code, figuring it out, open the vault, and the treasure they find is a nuclear reactor. Because they're making atomic weapons here because.
1: Oh, I didn't think they were actually making atomic weapons. I thought they were making heavy water for the manufacturing of
0: maybe they were just making I think it was just heavy water. So they said heavy water. But so I guess they tried like I'm um, I guess they implied they were doing other stuff there too, but yeah, mainly only making heavy water, yeah.
1: Yeah, and fact-check me on that. I don't really know anything about nuclear physics. Or anything I don't either. Like that. I don't really know if that's even plausible for them to, like, manufacture there. I
0: have no clue. I, I have I have no clue. I don't even know what makes water heavy. I, I'm not the guy to ask. But they're making it. And so they, they neatly close the safe and, and walk out of there pretty much until they get caught at the last minute where they, they throw the smoke grenade at them. They, they run off. It's all, you know. I, I would say, lack of a better term, like Scooby-Doo-ish, you know?
1: I think that a lot of these movies from this time period
0: are kind of Scooby-Doo-ish. A little bit, but this one kind of comes off like the, I want to say the worst or the hardest on it, right? Where they really lean into that. So they, they half of them make it out of the base. Uh, Akira Takarada's character, Dio. Dayo, oh, Dio's played by Kumi Mizuno, by the way, sorry. That was one thing we didn't notice it. we didn't uh, mention either. She got put in pretty much like last minute because the actress who was playing Dio got sick with appendicitis and had to drop off the project um, like last minute. So she's just kind of thrown in here. She does a good job as Dio. But anyway, so them, them two make it out, and one of the college guys who were not really – uh Ryota's friend, but one of Ryota's friends, right? Ryota gets caught up in a weather balloon and flies away to infant island somehow. I I don't even know how, but he does. He just does. And then the, the bumbling comedic guy
1: gets caught. Yeah, and they make him uh work with the uh the rest of the the natives that have been enslaved and he just it's funny, like, that this is what ended up happening. Like, the, aren't they just working with, like, no supervision?
0: Yeah, no, they're just throwing a cave and saying, like, all right, work. There's no supervision at all.
1: Yeah, so he just says, screw this, guys. We're just going to we're just gonna have a good time. And so he starts helping them, like, screw up the formula for this yellow shit.
0: Yeah, they just don't put the lemons and They put the leaves in somehow, which still makes a yellow... trip. the is- yellow stuff. I don't even know yeah how they make it I don't know with without the lemon um, but they do that's when the rest of the cast makes it back to the cave and decide that the only way to fight off the red bamboo and save everybody is to wake up Godzilla
1: and we're at this point we're how deep into the movie
0: it's like an hour in it's like an hour in or like 45 minutes in roughly I kinda lost track, but it's it's a long ways into this movie is when yes. Godzilla finally wakes up.
1: Yeah, and so if you're wanting like Godzilla from this Godzilla movie, you're not even necessarily getting that.
0: No. No, not at all. Uh but Godzilla finally wakes up. The scene when he wakes up is, is kind of cool with the lightning strikes and all that. So that's neat. Uh he wakes up and then Ibra happens to be out out and about. Oh, that is one thing I'm skipping here, because the first fight happens. He wakes up like a little bit after they escaped. It's, they they wait some time because Ryota has time to make it back to Mothra Island, Infinite Island, right? Meet up with his lost brother who is actually alive. Yada, he's he's at, somehow alive. I don't even know how, but he is. So the psychic was was real, not a scam. And then them two decide to go back to Devil Island to free everybody, and the Mothra twins, because they're here, played by the the pair Bambi. It I don't know why they're that's like the only credit I
1: can see of them, because it's it's two twins, but they're not the peanuts. No, they're not the peanuts. Exactly. So it's just, it's a different set of toys. Cause like the last time we saw the peanuts, that was actually the last time we see the peanuts.
0: Yeah, that was. Uh, So we, we pan over to Mothra's Island there, Infant Island, and Mothra's also asleep. Everyone's asleep in this movie. Godzilla's asleep. Mothra's asleep. The audience is asleep. Everyone's asleep in this thing. It's, it's wild. Uh. uh. So then, then they go back to the island when they're on their way with the little raft. That's when Ibra comes to attack them because the storm comes again. And they use the storm to wake up Godzilla, and Godzilla saves uh Ryota and uh Kata. Yada.
1: Yoda, Yada, whatever his name is.
0: Yeah. To yada. yada Yada Yada. Yada Yada. Yada. Um from Ebra. And that's when we have the great uh beach volleyball match of sixty six between Godzilla and Ibra.
1: And like like I said, the special effects in this are not that bad. It's just anytime they do that shit where they're throwing a rock back and forth, I hate it so much. And this scene just makes me makes me grind my teeth. It's kind of like the one from uh oh my God of the, the, the Monster, Monster. Yeah where, yeah, where they're all battering the rock back and forth for like five minutes. Maybe not necessarily that long, but yeah. It,
0: it's it's a bit, yeah. And so they're they're batting the rock back and forth. Godzilla gets tired of batting the rock and just says, to hell with this. Throws it, like smacks it away, and it hits a guard tower. Which is interestingly still damaged later on in the movie, so good attention to detail, guys. Uh, smacks a guard tower, then he gets in the water. Ibra, however, does the, the ultimate dirty move of splashing Godzilla a little bit with, with some water, which pisses him off. So he treats him with his atomic breath
1: and sends his ass flying, which is great. And doesn't he just heat the water up in front of him too?
0: Yeah, like the water's boiling. Like it, it They really did some work on it and uh, really made his atomic breath seem really powerful. It's a shame, again, he doesn't use it at all in this movie hardly. Uh, but it's there. And when it's there, damn, is it there? Um, then we get from here a pretty interesting fight scene because, again, they go underwater for a, a bit of it. And another thing that I think is a good extra attention to detail is the sound effects are muffled when they're underwater, like Godzilla's roar and such. It, it actually sounds like they're underwater kind of. Ebra kind of breaks away and Godzilla goes back to take a nap because his ass is tired from five minutes of work.
1: Probably again, still more carryover from the uh,
0: the from it King being King Kong because that would yeah, make more
1: sense if it was King Kong,
0: yeah. Because at that point, he'd be like being drowned. Godzilla is semi aquatic, so it doesn't make a difference. Um, which is why the American title of this movie doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Godzilla versus the sea Monster. It's like sea monster versus the sea monster, half sea monster versus sea monster. It's like, I don't know, y'all could have come up with a better one. But they they make it back. Uh, Ryota and his brother finally get back with the rest of the crew, and decide that they've they've got to take it into their hands to free free Mothra's people. So what do we do? Run right back into the base we just left. They're not even trying. They don't even have a plan. They're just like, all right, we're gonna go back in there and free we're gonna go free them. But before they can do that, Godzilla wakes. Godzilla starts creeping on Dio because
1: again, more carryover from this being a, a King Kong movie.
0: Yeah, which it would have worked for King Kong, but Godzilla's just sitting here, take like just taking a five, just sitting here. It's very weird. Like you never see Godzilla sit down until now.
1: Yeah, it's and weird. that's where that that picture comes from, by the way, of Godzilla sitting, sitting.
0: Yeah, he's just sitting there. So he's just sitting down, just taking it in when out of nowhere the giant condor shows up now you know the giant condor is kind of one of the main monsters of the franchise you'll see it referenced here and there giant condor uh, this is where it's from really the giant condor is just a modified rodan puppet from one of the prior movies Sh- shows up for two minutes kind of close that Godzilla's face a little bit and then gets shot and dies.
1: Yeah, and again, I think you mentioned this earlier. This is one of the only monsters that he's killed with his atomic breath in the Showa era.
0: Yeah. I think possibly... Well, not the only one, I think. Not the only one. But, one. yeah, the first one definitely is the first one he killed with his atomic breath is the giant condor. I think Godzilla goes back to taking a nap when the Red Bamboo's Air Force shows up out of nowhere... I mean, they said they're sending them, but they, they come out of nowhere. and start attacking them. So it's another back-to-back air fight, which is kind of weird. I don't know. So they're he, he takes out... That seems pretty cool, where he's fighting the planes. It's, it's alright. At that time, Dio gets out of there, and the rest of the group heads on out to go free the people. One guy's little fights more planes. And that's when they go and... Uh, they just they just break in and they're like all right we're gonna we're gonna free them and then Godzilla's kind of trailing behind him for no particular reason but I guess he's just pissed off about the uh about the plane so he's he's just he's geared up he's ready so he goes to the red bamboo's headquarters their base here on the island and starts starts breaking it and of course we've got yet another electric fence that Godzilla has to face
1: again which that that would make that wouldn't make sense for it to be yeah we talked about this earlier because that, that wouldn't make sense for that to be something for Kong
0: no it wouldn't so they, they definitely added some stuff when they added a Godzilla into the movie and I think this is one of those parts they added the electric fence in like oh look you know um and for some reason though Godzilla can't use his atomic breath here right or just walk through like any other time he's seen an electric fence he's got to throw a rock at it so he's looking around like alright where's the rock where's the rock and then pegs that damn thing with the rock and then keeps going on
1: and again like I feel like just the fact alone that the, in the island art here like that that just becomes a thing just throwing rocks it happens throwing in rocks. every movie
0: I mean because he's thrown rocks in the past right he, he, th- he threw rocks at King Kong he threw rocks at King Ghidorah. Like it it fits. It fits the bill, but it just seems strange that he doesn't he doesn't just shoot. He doesn't just shoot it. He's right there. You can shoot it.
1: Right. Like we just had to have an excuse to throw another rock. Yeah. Maybe it was an easier effect or something.
0: Maybe. Right. So in, in the commotion of Godzilla attacking the base, the red bamboo all try to evacuate and they leave. While our heroes swoop in right, right behind them and free all the natives. And say, Mothra's plan is to, to get over here when she wakes up, so we need to go out into the forest and make a giant net. Basket. Quickly. Quickly. Right. Uh, while they were in the base trying to find the news or on their way out, our heroes meet up with one of the scientists, who I don't think is even named. Evil science guy in yeah, lab I
1: was, I was just looking in the in the uh cast list to see if i could find it
0: yeah good luck if you can uh because these they're, they're told to, to start the self destruction for the island you got it that i got a countdown thing why i don't know but blowing up the island well they they kind of pull a the, the, the pull a thing here which is later i guess reused in return a godzilla because this happened here first uh the the ceiling collapses because Godzilla's attacking the area and the, the countdown's already started and they can't stop it. Now they've got two hours to make a net and wait for Mothra. Who's still asleep? Uh while the red bamboo is trying to escape, they use the the tainted yellow mist, and they get they get got by Ebra. They get their comeuppance. So and
1: then that's Godzilla
0: that- sees Ebra and they, they go round two and that fight is pretty good. The second fight with Ibra is a, is a pretty good one. Um, it gets kind of graphic too cuz it got little rips his
1: arms off. Yeah, I think that they they kind of use the excuse to, you know, make this one a little more brutal cuz I mean, it's just a giant crab or just a giant crustacean, you know. Yeah. You know who hasn't ordered a crab and like cracked its hand off or its claw off, you know?
0: Yeah. Crab might be good. But now, so they he, he rips his arms off and Ibra just runs away. It's like, damn, dude. Uh, and then I, I love that scene at the end after he, after he's done with the fight, guys all sitting there clapping the claw, <laughs> just talking. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Apparently, that was uh, that was just improv by um,
1: not Haru Nakajima.
0: Yeah, Haro Nakajima. Nakajima just decided to do it to be fun and it works perfectly. You know, he's just he's just going for it. I love it. You know? Sitting there taunting him, Malthor finally decides to wake up and go do something in this damn movie, right? Also, that Maltha, I don't know if it's a painting. I imagine it's a painting in the background. On Infant Island, it's got huge eyes.
1: I didn't like, pay attention to that. On-
0: Unsettling, like if you go back and and take a look at it, it's I think it's a painting, it's just got huge eyes, and they're they're like way bigger than Mothra's normal eyes, and it looks weird.
1: You know, I Uh, would say next time I watch this, I'll go take a look, but I there's not going
0: to be a next time anytime soon, yeah. Well, I guess next time you go to watch this movie, what uh, listen to the podcast, then go watch it. Uh, um, no, so he. He decides he's got to go fight Mothra now because he's just Godzilla's in fifth gear. He's he's ready to roll. He's been asleep for most of a movie. He's, he's ready to kick some ass and take names. He don't care who it is, right? Because him and Mothra were they settled the beef. They're friends now, kind of, as far as I could tell. Not anymore. Not here. For whatever reason. For whatever reason. So Godzilla goes to fight Mothra. Mothra just smacks him. She's like, I don't have time for this. I was about to blow up picks up the conveniently made basket that they, uh, the, the natives and our and heroes weaved together within two hours. And Malthus just flies out of there. She's done. She did her two seconds of action. She don't need it no more, right? And Godzilla's just kind of sitting there I'm like, all right, what do I do? Everyone kind of feels bad for Godzilla because they left him and uh, they say, you know, run for it. It's about to blow up. He can't hear him, nor could he understand him. So, I I don't know why they're yelling, but they're yelling. Then Godzilla figures out, okay, well, I guess I gotta jump, and then dramatically jumps off the island right before it blows up.
1: And didn't they reuse that scene again in uh, Godzilla's Revenge?
0: A quarter of this movie's in that movie. A quarter
1: of this movie and Son of Godzilla are... When we get to that one, that's going to be a real fucking treat.
0: Ugh. Man, I, I forget that movie exists. I got to be honest. I really do.
1: Well, it's out of canon. Like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't, it, I mean, it, hell, it doesn't matter anyway, but I mean. It, yeah. It doesn't really affect the end game here or anything.
0: No. So, Mothra flies away. Godzilla jumps in the in the ocean, and the island blows up, which is pretty cool to watch. The, the island just fucking self-destructs. Uh, Gazel swims. We see him, he's fine. He swims away. Mothra flies off. And I don't, you probably didn't notice this, but in the last shot, when Mothra's flying off to Infant Island, it's like an animated Mothra, right? They didn't animate the basket, <laughs> it's not there. So I'd like to think Mothra got tired or just like <laughs> got fed up with him and just dropped him in the freaking ocean. Just said,
1: Enough of this, like, see ya. <clears throat> they all died. Oh uh, yeah, I w- that was the last thing I was paying attention
0: to. <laughs> was there's no basket? Was there no basket? No, no basket. They all died. The end.
1: We need to make a meme of that. The guy from Mega Mind, and it says no basket.
0: No basket. Yeah, right. No basket. It's got Malta's face on it, saying there should have been a sequel to to Ebra Ebra Two, the the Deepening or something, where they, where, uh, Riota's younger brother. Goes to find them too, because they're out at sea. Because <laughs> the psychic said so.
1: We need to have a, uh, Ebra horror of the deep to the trench.
0: The trench. Ebra versus the Meg. Ebra. I think Ebra would win. Ebra totally win against the Meg. I hope so. Uh, that's the end of this. That's the end
1: of the movie. I guess we'll get into some final thoughts. Then we we'll, we'll just tear this thing apart. Yeah, go for it. I guess to start out, I'll, I'll go ahead and say what little I have good to say about this film, and that's that I love Ebra. Like I think, I think it's a, it's a, you know, a fun monster. There's nothing really special about it, though. I mean, it's just a giant crustacean. It definitely would have been more fitting for a King Kong film. Uh, you know, uh, Kong over the years has fought, you know, all manner of just, you know, giant animals. You know, not necessarily anything with a, you know, a a great amount of power or anything or these strange special abilities but i loved evra you know i was i was happy to see uh Ebra's little couple little scenes in uh final wars whenever we get to that one even though they're they're kind of stupid and dumb uh, you know I've, I've just always had kind of a soft spot for Ebra. it's just it's unfortunate that this is the the origins of Ebra, and you know films just not that good special effects are you know they they have their moments you know the underwater scenes uh, were shot pretty well um as well as just the the suit itself uh, the everbra suit looks looks pretty good uh, other than that this movie is just god awful like I, I think this is probably the worst movie that we've watched on the show for me. I like the maid more than this. Wow. I'd definitely give the mega higher rating than this. The, the plot just doesn't really make any sense, which, you know, g- generally I'm pretty liberal on my rating when the plot, you know, has, you know, a few, a few holes in it, you know, because movies of this time period, especially of this franchise, that becomes pretty commonplace for the plot to just not really make a whole hell of a lot of sense. But here it's just so bizarre, you know, it just this guy meets two random people that take him to the docks to get on a boat, you know, for him to go look for his brother. And then there's a bank robber that robbed a Pachinko parlor. And, uh, yeah, it just goes further and further out of left field. Plus, like we were talking about this earlier, the suit, the Godzilla suit in this movie just looks like shit. This has got to be one of the worst suits in the franchise. It just, this is frog head Godzilla, isn't it? No, that's the next one. Yeah, that's the next one. I'm thinking this is Muppet Head Godzilla. he's not he's not full he's not full Muppet yet. I, I
0: think the head looks alright. Um Cause it's a weird Franken Godzilla. it's not quite Franken Godzilla, because I think this 66 was it Dyson's not Dyson, so. Oh, it is yeah, it's the same so it's the same suit from invasion of Astro monster but they put a new head on it
1: because it just yeah it looked like the suit had been used before like it was not quite falling apart like eventually it'll get to it'll get to that point but i don't know that this movie just didn't really have a whole lot of redeeming qualities about it i'm gonna give it a three I don't need, and that's just me being really, that's me being generous. Cause when I initially thought about like, what am I going to rate this movie? I was going to give it a two, but I'll give it a three just because it does have a few, you know, decent aspects. And I love Ebra. Ebra is a pretty cool monster. And you know, this is one of the only places where you're going to get to see Ebra. No, fair
0: enough. Um, I, this movie to me, is just very Okay. It's not, it's not like the worst thing for me, for me personally, at least. I, it's just so unoffensively bad, right? I think the story is, is out there and nonsensical, but not in a fun way in more of a random, like, okay, we're just, we're just doing this right sort of way. It just, to me, it just doesn't, doesn't work so well. Uh, there, there are things I like, though, here. I do like the special effects. I think they were done pretty well, right? Uh, Akira Takarada's acting in the movie is good. His character is kind of, like, the background for his character is kind of dumb. But I think his acting is, is good. So I still like him in this, right? Um, There's another one. Let's see. What, what else to say about this thing? Just hard to uh,
1: find words.
0: It's yeah, it is. It's it, it. There's so little. It's not like there's not nothing going on. There there's stuff happening, but it's just not noteworthy. This is a very not noteworthy movie. Uh, it's it's kind of hard to recommend. Sato's score is interesting. I don't know if I'd say it's great. I think it's better than his work in Godzilla raids again. That's for sure. I think it's improved I think it's improved. But for me it's like I don't know may, maybe a 4 4 or 5 maybe. I think saying 5 is kind of is kind of much. So probably probably like a 4. It's just I don't know. It, nothing really happens here. Uh there's there's little to talk about. The story doesn't make a lot of sense. The characters are, are kind of bland.
1: That whole and and I think that the final like nail in the coffin for me personally was this MacGyver esque like ending where they were like we have to weave this basket.
0: It, it comes out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah, it really came out of nowhere. Um,
1: but yeah, this movie broke Zach. He can't form words. No. I
0: can't. No, I don't know. There's not much to talk about here. You know. It, it, It's a movie. It goes on for an hour and a half about. Was it better or
1: worse than Sonic? Than Sonic? Yeah.
0: They're talking about like Sonic 2? I haven't seen Sonic 2.
1: I thought you went to go... What movie did you go see today and you were like, it wasn't good?
0: That, that, that was Ebra. I was watching Ebra.
1: Oh, okay. watching this movie. I, that's why my response to that was did it seem rushed? I for some fucking reason thought that you went to go see Sonic 2 today. I don't know why I thought that, but
0: no, I, I that no, I was talking about Ebra. And I feel like yeah, it sometimes is weird. I, I, that applies here because the plot, right, is, is slow. It's quite a slow-moving movie. But then at the same time, the ending, the last 20 minutes of the movie seemed rushed as hell. All this stuff happens all at the same time, and then it's over.
1: Kind of reminds me of the, uh, I think, probably one of the most infamous movies that had, like, the plot, had kind of a slow burn. And then you get to the end of it, and it wraps up in literally, like, three minutes. Uh, saying
0: Cabin in the Woods.
1: Cabin in the Woods, and the second scary movie.
0: Mm. Yeah, because, like, it... For me, it's hard to find things that are like really bad about it, but there's just nothing good, if that makes sense. Right? I don't know,
1: you know, it's it's kind of like this for me. Uh, just the mediocrity of it makes it bad. Fair enough. That, that's you know, fair that's enough. what I think. Is it's just like it didn't give me any. It didn't give me any enough substance, really. But with that, I that that's all I got. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's that's all I have here as well. Uh if you like surf rock and and getting lost in an island for an hour and a half, this is your movie. Or honestly, go watch Matongo, cuz that's a that's a better island movie by Toho, I think. It is um, far better.
1: And I'm going to say if you're going to skip any of these movies, I'd say you know if you're trying to get into the franchise and you really you're you're loving it so far and everything, watch it at least once but if you're gonna skip one skip
0: this one this is this is one to put in a skip list honestly I would even say watch as bad as it is watching uh raids again get some context and go wow okay when someone says it's a bad Godzilla movie this is what I can base off of like this one it it's just very one note and uh and boring um I think it's worth watching once in your in your uh, Godzilla journey, if you will. But some people love this movie and good on them, I guess. I don't know. I, I know people love some of the strangest things. So you, know, you be you. But this one this one's, didn't really do much for me. Not, it's not for me.
1: Didn't you say you met a guy in VR chat the other day that like this was his favorite Godzilla movie?
0: No, it was Godzilla versus Megalon, unironically. Uh, he unironically loved... Godzilla versus Megalon and I was like sure sure my guy. Uh, I knew
1: it was just like one of the lesser Godzilla films and yeah. I was like bewildered by that. Cuz cuz
0: most most people like that movie ironically cuz they're like oh it's funny cuz it's bad. He was like no I actually like that movie and I'm like if it's okay. I no one no one has said this movie is their favorite. I mean, I've seen it in some of the because I was was reading through the comments today on the movie because it's on YouTube. And they're like, Yeah, I love this movie growing up. It's my favorite. And I'm like, Did we? Okay. It's, It's just, I don't know. It's different. If you want a different Godzilla movie, this is definitely a different Godzilla movie. Yeah, this
1: one, this movie built different.
0: It's built different. If you want a King Kong movie with Godzilla in it instead, this is it because I think if it was that's an interesting thing like would it really be that much different if it was King Kong would you think this is a better movie if it was King Kong as, instead of Godzilla
1: I don't know I, you know, I don't either I would, pro- I would probably care about it less
0: yeah because I mean Godzilla is my thing too right exactly Uh, but the, the plot and the structure and the setting it all it's all King Kong right the whole thing I think this movie could have been a lot better had they at least set the characters up a little better. You know, like the the other two college guys could have known Ryota and like, they could have actually been acquaintances and friends beforehand. So there's a little more camaraderie there as opposed to just a bunch of randoms on a boat. Uh, The red bamboo, there's no explanation of what they're doing or why. They're just terrorists on an island randomly. Um, It it just doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, Like, they could have even added that in to the beginning. Like, oh, there's reports of, like, something happening. Because Ibra didn't even sink the first boat, right? Ibra didn't sink his brother's boat. Well, I think at this
1: point, it it was, like, heavily implied that maybe maybe that happened. Maybe. But anyway, yeah, that's th- there's just this movie has so many problems, uh, aside from the fact that the main character's name is Ryota and I keep almost calling him Ryoma. Yeah, it's literally is that how you spell it. Is it one letter difference or do you spell it like another way?
0: Yeah, that, that's that's Ryoma's name. I mean, I, spoiler alert, my, my d d character, I based off of Ryoma from Getter Robo but no one noticed, because no one knows that show.
1: Not not even JJ?
0: No, no one picked up on that at all. It, I mean, it's not subtle. He uses twin axes. And that's what Getter Robo does. Getter One uses dual axes. Although I swear uses, to like, God,
1: God we're, we're gonna have like an episode where you guys have to teach me about mechs and Gundams and all that shit, because that's a world I'm just clueless on. Like my My knowledge of that ex- extends to Evangelion, and that's it.
0: Yeah, I'm 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 all about it. So I, I would love a mech special, next side side episode one of these days. I I don't know, I guess that, that does it for Ebra. We we've ranted about this thing about nothing. <laughs> Pretty much. Okay. I was just gonna add also that this is one of the two um side note that's getting cut in the middle somewhere here. This is one of the few episodes. Or one of the few movies that appeared on Mystery Science Theater three thousand, uh, which just goes to show you kind of where this movie falls. Um, however, they didn't uh, they didn't get the rights. Actually, they just thought it was public domain and ran with it. So finding a copy is hard these days, but they circulate those tapes still, so you can find it. Uh, that's if you're going to watch this movie, that might be a better. A better option because you'll you'll have fun with it
1: uh kind of like i feel like gorgo is almost the same way
0: yeah gorgo is also the same way also on mst3k
1: um so that that might work gorgo is one of those movies though it's like the eggs from outer space where i like it ironically like yeah i like it because it's bad yeah like and at least like Gor- gorgo is the only monster in gorgo and i love the design but uh yeah with with that i think we'll go ahead and wrap it up here um up next we're doing a uh, son of godzilla which is a slightly better movie so tune in for that one uh you can get to see you can uh see the uh debut of minya in the franchise yep Little slimy bastard.
0: <laughs> Godzilla says I got to fight my own battles, you know.
1: It's but not uh, yet, though, not now we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. But that we got Godzilla says I got to fight my own battles. Uh, also, wouldn't that be the equivalent of calling your dad by their name?
0: Yeah, I guess. Yeah, it would. It'd be it'd be really weird. They got a weird relationship.
1: But that's enough about Godzilla's poor parenting skills. Um, Yeah, so don't forget uh, to follow us on socials. You can follow us at Stomp Around Pod on Instagram. And uh, come back and hang out with us next time when we cover Son of Godzilla. So until next time, bye for now.